Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Hate to See It podcast. Thank you for giving us another listen. Um, hey, packed. Uh, we had a really big, uh, big news come out. Something we probably, some of us predicted, some of us, myself, this is where Dario was wrong and Ryan was right, um, realized that, hey, Sam Darnold, adios. And you would think, hey, you know, as a, as a rookie, you get drafted to a franchise and you, this is your home, it's your first home, it's sentimental, whatever. You think you're kind of, all right, I'm bummed out. I got to move. I got to move everything. I got to get a new team, new teammates. No, my man, Sam Darnold gets traded, walk, goes back to his house and get, has a literally a party. He's so his family, him are so happy that they were finally out of this complete disaster and embarrassment of a franchise that is the New York Jets. Now, real quick, I'll make my point. I'll let you guys go. And first of all, guys, how are we doing tonight? We, we got Ryan. We're joined by obviously Ryan. And we're actually joined tonight by Jets correspondent, insider and super fan, Evan Donatov. Evan, how are you doing tonight? Hey, thanks for having me. I think this is the first time on since you guys became an official Apple podcast. So I'm uh, very excited to be in the mix here and very, very, very happy for you guys for this uh, nice little achievement. Hey, we're in a better place than where you where we saw last time. Um, so, yeah. So my point here is generally you you have when you are a rookie, you start off somewhere and it, it's your first home. You don't want to leave. You say, I'm going to be a jet for life. I'm going to be a giant for life. Like you don't think you don't see yourself playing another uniform. You're going to build it. Your dream of playing the NFL is going to come true. Unfortunately, in the Jets case, you don't have, you don't have the support, you don't have the coaching, you don't have the players. And it's a little combination of him not giving enough to the franchise as well. Obviously, Sam fell short of expectations, um, but the franchise fell short in giving him and putting him in a position to be successful. So if I'm Zach Wilson, my biggest thing is – I'm looking at the franchise I'm probably going to go to. And right now there's a giant arrow at New York, Florham Park, New Jersey. That's where I'm going. I'm joining this complete disaster of a franchise. Okay. And I'm looking, I'm seeing the last guy before me, Sam Darn. I'm looking at him throwing a party for getting the hell out of town. So for me, if I'm, if I'm this, this young quarterback from BYU, big pro day, all this other crap, how do I feel going to the Jets? What do you think about that aspect, Evan? I th- this is probably a more most exciting exciting time to be a Jet in any time in the last five years. If you look at what they're dealing with on offense, what Sam walked into is completely different than what Zach Wilson's walking in right now. Right now, the Jets' fourth receiver is Keelan Cole. Honestly, he, Keelan Cole would be the Jets' second best receiver when Sam came in the league. And I know we we have disagreements about Darnold, but what you said is like absolutely correct. The Jets didn't do him any favors. Darnold couldn't elevate the situation and it's there's fault on both parts. Like when the Jets picked Darnold, I was very excited. I thought there was no chance the Jets would ever get him. I thought the Browns were going to take him. So when the Browns went ba- with Baker and the Giants went uh, Barkley, I was thrilled. I was standing on my couch. I thought Sam was the best my, uh, prospect coming out. I thought so too. I was jumping around my 400 square foot New York apartment. <laughs> and after that, uh, Detroit game when he balanced back after that interception, I thought we had our guy, but uh, the wheels fall fell off. He regressed a little bit after his uh, first two years, and we're picking another quarterback. But if you look at the Jets, they have we think they have a real head coach, Mike McCagden, probably the worst GM in the NFL the last ten years, and the Jets actually have a young core that they're building up. That's hopefully Zach Wilson can come in and just uh, keep that going and hopefully uh, progress to com- some sort of playoff contention within the next year. Or two. Now, Evan, he- here's a point I, I want to point out. 
All right. You have Joe Douglas comes in, you know, he comes in, he promises Sam's family, Hey, I'm going to build an offensive line for your kid. I'm going to put your kid in a position to be successful. Now, jokingly, I forget who said it today. He did come through on that promise. He got him the hell out of town and put him on the Panthers. <laughs> so there's, there it is. You're coming through on your promise, but he said he was going to build the O-line gets Mackay Becton does nothing after that. He says he's going to give him, he's going to give him weapons actually gets rid of Robbie Anderson. And then admits that it was definitely an oversight hit on his point. So looking at this guy's track record, what separates him from the BS in the past that you feel confident that in your 21 picks you have in the next two years, this guy is going to cash in on him? Well, if you look at the Jets draft class this year, Becton, he's, he's, he looks like a hit. He looks like a surefire. He's going to be the left tackle for as long as they'll pay him to be there. Mims, solid pick. Davis, promise. If you just look down, down the line of the Jets draft, it's been a solid draft. And I know, like, I know the whole promising is going to get brought up. I mean – Things don't always work out like that well. Like Joe Douglas, if we've seen anything free agent, he's not going to overpay anyone. They wanted to in the last offseason. He was franchise tag. And the rest of the offensive line market, Joe Douglas did not see the guy he was going to go out and overpay. And that was the only offseason Joe Douglas had to work. So as much as he wanted to do to help Sam, and like you said, he acknowledged Robbie Anderson was a mistake. And looking back, yeah, that would have been great to have this year. Well, if you, if you look at majority of Sam. All your chips. Look at the majority of Sam's highlights, and, and it actually in his good plays, they had Robbie Anderson involved in them. So you're, 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 trying, yeah. to, you're trying to make a kid put, – put, put a kid to be in a position to be successful. You gave him no line, and you took away his receivers, and you gave right. him no running backs either. Who, who the well, hell would be successful that offense? No, uh, not, we've be, talked about this Sam Robbie nonsense Anderson for the year. He's not a Jet anymore. Let's, move, let's look more on the moving forward. Part. I, 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 one more comment about Sam. Why do you, what's the difference between Matt Rule and Joe Brady – and Robert Sala and uh, what's his name? The um, uh, his name escapes me. The OC now at, at, for the, for the Jets. Um, Lafleur. Oh, uh, Lafleur. Lafleur. Yeah. What's the difference between those two guys? Why does Matt Rule and Joe Brady feel that they can turn Sam around, and why can't these two guys feel the same way and take that second pick or third, whatever fuck pick you guys got, and turn it into something or trade back I and help Sam? I think the big aspect there is. It's, it's a change of scenery. At the end of the day, I think Mark Sanchez said it on McAfee. No, it wasn't McAfee, so or ESPN, something like that. After the first three and out oh, opening, said, yeah. home opener, he was getting booed. Yep. And you got th- you're going to have 30 beat reporters asking, like, why haven't you taken this step? Why haven't you taken that? Carolina is a much more laid back market. It's a new change of scenery. Like, New York Jets fans are not excited about Sam Darnold. His leash is done. No, no, but you Carolina couldn't put fans, both of them on the same team. You, you couldn't draft they, they, a quarterback and keep Sam. No, no, that, that would have been, a that zero. would be malpractice. I, I mean, that was too time? much. That, yeah. That's never happened. No, that would be, it wouldn't be worth it. But go I mean, ahead. Right. Got, they got a little value. We, we can move on from the, from Sam. The thing right. that frustrates me is, yeah. is the fucking Justin, uh, Justin Fields is not even an option. And Wilson has just been cut, became the consensus number two. I don't I, understand it. He's who he's you want with the pick, the, right? I'm assuming. Is that who you want? I, I go you back and forth. I've taken the cowardly middleman ground of I will be very happy with either guy because I see great – I know you're not a Wilson guy, but I think there's tons of things he's going to do that's translate to the NFL level, and I really like Fields too. But mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if Fields is the pick because Joe Douglas, as we've seen, he keeps some things very close to the vest. If you remember when the Jets hired – Salah, Adam Schefter basically came on and proclaimed that Sam Darnold is going to be the quarterback next year. Look where we are mm-hmm. now. So the entire the media thing. I mean, it's, it's Joe Wilson, Douglas Wilson, has been Wilson. a master of trades. 
He's been a master of trades, and he keeps stuff close to the vest. All the Jets free agency signings, they just come out of the sky. No one knows what Joe Douglas, Douglas is doing except the people in the Jets front office. So that's what Chewie like, always oh, says. Like, Chewie always says that that's why the Jets beat his little has a little animosity towards the Jets because because oh, yeah, no. they got all they got all the rats out of the out of the they like, got all the yep. they plugged all the leaks or what I mean. There's no leaks. That's what he always says, and he so does think, like you. One hundred percent, what you're saying is true. Like they do keep like the Jets moves are like not like foreseen. Like the, we saw the Galladay move with the Giants. Like, it's a totally different thing. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. They're yeah. both fun ways. But it's it's. He does keep keep things definitely close to the best for sure. Yeah. So like when I see Zach Wilson at like minus six hundred, minus seven hundred, being the Jets' quarterback, I'm a little skeptical towards that because he still went to Fields' his pro day. There's really no need for him to like have some smoke screen because no one's going to trade up and pass him. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's just an information gathering process. And we we saw like in Darnold's draft, it was all Darnold up until a week before the draft, and then all of a sudden it was Baker. So I don't yeah. think this final decision is being made. I think there's multiple quarterbacks Joe Douglas likes. It might wind up being Wilson in the end anyway, but I wouldn't rule out Fields because, like, he's an awesome prospect. There's a lot to love with him. I think both of them are going to be very successful, and hopefully whoever team gets them can put a good team Real quick, them. real quick, I've been seeing today that uh, the 49ers are interested in Mac Jones is the new hot thing because he reminds them a lot of Matt Ryan. I mean – I think there's going to be five quarterbacks gone in the top seven now. I mean, the way way everything's flowing. And, I mean, the top three picks are guaranteed three quarterbacks. Are we, can we all almost agree on that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then four. Who's four? The Falcons are looking to trade back. But, I mean, the Panthers got their guy now, so that was another one. But there's a good amount I think, of quarterbacks. I think the Falcons are still going to See, this whole thing is like yeah, – it's, it's They a, can it's trade back and get whoever, whoever falls to them. It's really such a crapshoot because you really – I mean, you not even – you're gonna Ryan's gonna may die a little bit inside, but not even Trevor Lawrence is a complete guarantee. You've seen no, he's a lot of college no. quarterbacks completely light it up, and the NFL game is totally different now. Well, the odds Trevor Lawrence gonna be a bust, it, it's very very low. It's probably the lowest for any quarterback coming out since Andrew Luck. See, um, uh, I see. I'm a little. Trevor Lawrence has caught zero skepticism. This entire draft process, while well, Justin Fields and Wilson had picked apart. Well, Evan, and he, here's Trevor the counter argument to that, though. No, there is, and you saw it in, in the playoffs where he was pressured. He looked like a human being. He, you know, he was yeah. like, look, look like any average quarterback when he gets pressure and people, he's not, you know, he gets knocked off his mark. Same thing with Tom Brady. Same thing with Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. All these big time quarterbacks, you pressure them, they're they're a totally different person. But I think the pro, the thing is that makes Trevor such a slam dunk is, you look at Trevor Lawrence, you look at you know at, at Zach Wilson. The body of work they've put together, Fields, you know, he had the ga- best game of his life in the biggest game of his life, which really shot his draft, st- his draft stock up. You know, Wilson played at BYU. He really – you didn't know him before this season. You know, and, and, and the second part about it is, yeah, the talent is bad, isn't as good out there, but also his, his talent, his own team isn't as good either, and he elevates his team. Yeah. The one bad game he had was in that, that hey, South Carolina game. Go ahead. Oh, see, I disagree. Everyone kills Zach Wilson for that Coastal Carolina game. If you – like, his numbers aren't great, but you got to remember, he threw a Hail Mary interception. He played really well. That's actually one of the – on tape. I've been doing – grinding the tape these days. It's one of his best games on tape because you actually see him respond to pressure, respond to adversity, and he played well. And at the end of the day, Coastal Carolina, they're, they're a decently talented football they team, are. and he had a they lot are. of and, drops. And it was on two days – they were on two days – the two days before yeah. the game, they're like, oh, we're playing over there. So, And they had to travel across the country. So, look. Yeah. no Hostile I, environment, too. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, just, I think I just both of those guys have a – first of all, I think coming in, Wilson has a higher ceiling than, than Sam I, just because – just because of where Sam has been. So, yes, moving on, change of scenery, fresh start. And Joe Douglas wasn't going to tie himself to a quarterback he didn't draft. Yep, Not going to put your career on that. So, but kind of circling back to the Sam trade, do you think the Jets – do you think the Jets got a good enough in return for him for those draft picks? Oh, I absolutely did. When I first got the notification, I told a couple people, they, uh, Schefter listed the sixth round pick first, and I almost lost my mind after all this, like, <laughs> around, oh, maybe they might get a late first. I just read sixth round pick. I was this close to throwing my phone. Then I opened, like, oh, six, two, and a four. I was more than happy with that. I feel like, all the realistic people say, like, the Jets will get a two, maybe a little more. And that's exactly what they got. And Rappaport made it seem like the Panthers were the Jets' only suitor. So to get a pretty, like, a decent return, a day two pick, and a little uh, – some pocket change to throw around for a quarterback who is I, – I like Sam. As much as I hate to say it, he's been the worst starting quarterback with a job over the last three years. Yeah, but to get I'm going to come back. You know, my, a, com- you know my comeback. He had the worst organization in, in, in the last – in football in the last four yeah, years. Yeah. But if you look at the analytics, like stats, the DVOA, the – uh, no, Listen to me. No, play, no, no, no. Those, those take away the yeah, outside. And you sent like, me that. And you sent me that. You compare Tannehill years with Gaze to, to, to Donald's years with Gaze. And I'm going to give you this. And I said it to you last night in a text. Tannehill's Tannehill was a four-year starter at that point when went into the awful gaze offense. Okay. Darnold was a rookie yeah. or a second year guy. He was in his, what, his second year or for a rookie. Uh, second no, year. Rookie second year. Second year. Okay. Bulls, not a quarterback guy, no help there whatsoever from the coaching staff brings in the, the quarterback whisperer and you got, and you went literally nowhere. You put you put a guy, yeah. with it. and so that's why I'm, I'm going to say those numbers. Don't read into the analytics. A rookie quarterback needs a good foundation around him to be successful. He needs coaching. Josh Allen yeah. in Buffalo, quarterback guru, completely changed his his mechanics. Okay, then Buffalo puts receivers around Josh Allen, gives him a running game, gives him a good deep. So you you have all these tools. The the Browns change their their offense, quarterback friendly, play action pass, put Baker in a position to be successful. What have you done for this guy? So now, guess who's going to do it? Matt no, Rule and Joe Brady are going to do it. And you I watch. You would if you would have had Matt Rule and Joe Brady two years ago. Sam Darnold right now is a pretty good quarterback in this league. I don't disagree, but I think it's too late at this point. Oh. He's he, he's just developing no, habits. Ship, it, it's that... the ship has sailed. Right, this point should have been made two years ago. And you idiot, and your idiot front office decided to go because Matt Rule wanted to make wanted to choose his coaching staff. Oh, I'm sorry. Same thing oh, with the Eagles. Oh, I'm sorry. So you're you're the head coach, and I'm not going to let you choose your goddamn staff. That's bullshit. So I was waiting in the car for like my Tejas buzzer to ring, and I got that notification. It was Gase and not Rule. Ruined my entire meal. Fajitas oh. might as well throw them in the trash. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, let's. Uh, you want to? Yeah, we can move it. We, let's move on here to another to a let's better subject. On. A little more, a uh, little more fun subject here. So, I don't know if those of you follow um, Mr. Paul Pierce, the truth. So Paul Pierce decided that he was gonna have it. There was a poker game, and there was some uh, adult ballerinas there. Um, and <laughs> and Paul Pierce got the. <laughs> got the close friends and public Instagram stories confused. 
and he posted it to the public to his public Instagram where everybody saw the strippers and all this other stuff. And ESPN said that's not our style and fired him. And Paul Pierce seemed to be the happiest guy in the world. He seemed just as happy as Sam Donald getting traded. So my thing is, did he do it on purpose to get fired from ESPN? What are your thoughts? I think it's very possible to get the hell out of ESPN because I think he doesn't need the money. He can quit. No, no, no. But I think, I think there was a non-compete closure in his, in his contract that if he got fired, it was okay. He could then go wherever he wanted. I I don't know. I mean, I didn't think of that, but I can see it now that you mentioned it. You're going to tell, actually, no, the guy who was smart enough to pull out the wheelchair when he pooped his pants is probably smart enough to uh, pull that little scheme. So I'm, I'm starting to see what you're thinking of. Paul Pierce, low-key, a little bit of a schemer. So uh, mm-hmm. that's a good you point know, that I didn't think of before you just you brought it up. Right I didn't now. think of it. Yeah, so you said it there. I wasn't thinking of it. But I thought I thought he just got caught lightning in a bottle when he got when he got lucky. You know what I would love to see? if Port, Port, Now, Portner is a genius, and, and I know he's going to reel in Paul Pierce because Paul Pierce is a great personality. It's like he brought he – will, he got Deion Sanders from the NFL Network. You bring in Paul mm-hmm. Pierce, I would love – to have a podcast or a radio show. Just give me two hours of Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett just just, just bullshitting about anything, about the games. That's probably what will that, happen. That would be an epic, an epic podcast. The amount of shit talking that's going to go on in there and shit. I would love – go give Charles Barkley too. Get all the shit talkers in one spot and let's go to work. I mean – Well, that's what happened. Remember uh... – TNT had, I don't know if they do it anymore. Remember Area 21 where uh, KG would be like mm-hmm. on late night? That was a great yeah, show. I don't yeah. think they do yeah, it anymore. Well, TNT, I love TNT. I love TNT. has got a great – listen, they do TNT, great. And we say this all the time. They, it's so I love that how Charles Barkley did it. It just comes in there, doesn't know shit about shit about college basketball, but comes in. And you and the way he, he portrays it, I mean, he definitely knows what he's talking about. Yeah. But he don't know these Jimmy players. Jones. He just no. – but that Jimmy's was the that, Joe, that's the that's, the that's a saying though. But yeah. I got what he was saying. After a while, you had to watch it like fifty times to understand what he was saying. <laughs> but, but then again, then he comes in the, a couple days later and he makes a great point. A couple days later about no, politics and all he that. Did make a great point I think that was politics. a huge point. I love Chuck. Yeah. I love them all. I mean, I, him and Shaq go back and forth. They like butt heads, but they're like best best of friends. Oh, you would knucklehead. Yeah, that's it's, terrible. it's it's terrible, yeah, awful, terrible. Fantastic. And I think it's a great dynamic that they have there in college too. It's fun, and that no, you know it, it was a fun ass tournament. The whole no, the it whole was a fun ass tournament, uh, and that and that kind of leads right into our conversation with with Baylor. I mean, we're not going to spend too much time on this. Baylor comes in and just blows the doors off Gonzaga. I mean, I didn't even watch the end of that game. I thought, first of all, I, think I was the, talking shit all day. Contrary all, to popular day, belief, I think the entire world revolves around the East Coast time. So I think they should have put it to an earlier time. Dario, it's been like that always. Oh, 920 was brutal. 920 it's was always brutal. Been like that. Uh, you make it 9 They're o'clock. Best, 8.45 They're just kids? Something. Jesus Christ. It's no one has, jet, no one has jet lag. First, and second of all, if you put it at 8.45, happy hour on the West Coast would be lit. All right? It would be lit. So that's how you make some money. But that, what do I know? I'm just but the NCAA is fucking I'm just, I'm just a stooge. Dead. I'm just a stooge that does a podcast that no one listens to. Um, so, but here's my other point. Hey, real quick. I don't quick. think we should have been surprised that happened though. What? Then, oh, they, they blew him out? Well, I think Gonzaga blew their load they, against the UCLA. They, and that's that's a lie. Because. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. But they haven't faced a team with athletes like Baylor. Like if you look at their schedule, they played Iowa, a good team, not a lot of athletes. They played UVA, good team, not a lot of athletes. And you look down their schedule, it's like a bunch of nobodies. 
So well, they Evan, just went up against guys that like it was a cakewalk schedule. And I even, think it was a even in the tournament, the schedule wasn't that vigorous. I think it was a combination of two things. I think it was, I think it was Baylor came out and was hot, and Gonzaga was cold. And then the issue with that was once they fell behind, they couldn't catch up because when they started, there were a couple runs where Gonzaga was running and gunning like they like like they like to do, and they were getting buckets. Just on the other side, right on the other side, Baylor was was responding to every punch that was thrown. Just when you thought Gonzaga was climbing back in, you know, Baylor said not so fast. I'm still going to keep this to a 15 point lead. They cut it down to nine. I want to say at one point, and they they really couldn't get to that point, but. I know. I, like the mustache. I mean, they, they were shooting, they were shooting a lot. Of, they were playing their game. You know, they did what other teams couldn't do against um, Gonzaga. You know, Gonzaga, we were saying this earlier on when we were talking about the tournament, how both teams got out to the shooters, but Baylor was working the ball. They were hitting their threes and they were just, and their defense. And they got guy number 11. I forget his name, uh, his name, but he was on the boards like a hound. He was getting every board. He played his balls off. And, oh, you know, the big guy. And, yeah. Number 11. He was like, he's not big. He's kind of more wide, you know, but he was getting it. He was fucking doing his part, you know, playing within himself. And that's why they won. They had those, the three guards set where they had some guys coming off the bench and they just kept cycling them in. They, it was just an onslaught from the beginning on, you know, from majority yeah. of the game. No, it was, it, listen, they got, they, they blew the doors off them. They ain't really much to say. You saw it. Baylor just completely mollywopped them. Baylor um, and the Giants have a lot of comparability. A lot of comparisons. The perfect season, not, not anymore. Oh, and did um, they do that? Did they do it to Villanova? Or is, is that, or am I mistaken? No, Villanova won. Is that the, they didn't do it undefeated. But I think they, either. I think they beat them. I think Baylor. You know, beat them. a lot of people Baylor were saying that that, that that the Jim Nance call wasn't as epic as for the. I mean, I'm going back to the. I'm sorry, going back to the to the buzzer beater that Gonzaga hit. I thought that was a great. Call. Uh, people were. I heard people ripping uh, Jim Nance. That he didn't have something ready. That was he goes and and the undefeated season is a go like it was it, it kind of fell short. I thought that I thought that was a little cheap shot. Yeah. Hello, friends. Ow. Hey, he'll be on the Masters, doc. Um, hey, um, changing changing gears real fast. We're gonna. There's go a lot up. of games on that yesterday. There's a like that was a. Big I want to get your opinion thing. on this. The All Star Game. I know we, we didn't prep this, but I want to. I just I've just re- remembered it. The All Star Game was supposed to be in Atlanta. Okay, and it was going to be about a hundred million dollars in revenue to the local businesses of Atlanta that were going to bring the that were going to host the All Star game. Now, I I don't want to get this show political. I really don't. Um, every I think every company, every entity has their own right to to you know you want to protest something, you want to protest something you don't like about the government, about a policy. You have every right to do so. But when you're the MLB and you're moving the All-Star game because of the, the you feel there's an infringement on voting rights in Georgia, and then you move it to Colorado, who has just as strict, if not stricter, voting laws, you kind of look like a bunch of idiots. Well, MLB, everything they do, they look like idiots. Well, Rob, and I said but- Commissioner Stooge, Rob Manfred, he, he's trying to be Adam Silver so bad. And it, yeah. it, Major League Baseball doesn't give a shit about the voting rights in Georgia, Nevada, or in the country. They just say, how they just what's going to hurt my wanna- bottom line? They just want to look for a good a good story. Well, it's not even a good story. It's, it's, they're they're the, so stupid. I don't want to get involved with with the, with the you know the woke movement that is going on through America right now. But MLB doesn't Careful really what know. You say he'll get canceled. I know. Right? I don't want to get canceled. But I don't think MLB has any idea why they're moving the game. I think they just moved it because of the pressure. And now but you're gonna my my point because you asked us. Let me just real yeah, quick ahead. jump in. 
I don't understand. Like, I just don't like there's like it affects the businesses there. There's Democrats or whatever that, oh, you know, I guess if you're going to get political in the matter, it's that it affects that like their businesses, you know, like it's part of that. But I don't understand how the NBA does. It wasn't there a similar situation with China and the NBA. Yeah. Well, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think it's a little like, I mean, hypocritical. It is. I mean, I know they're two different leagues, but I it's just. There's a lot of Adam Silver uniformity and things that should be more. Uniform. Adam Silver did a hell of a job when that happened with that whole China Hong Kong thing of slithering the NBA through that without getting killed because there was definitely set up because yeah. the NBA is all about social justice, equal rights to everybody, and then meanwhile you have a portion of China that is getting their white their rights taken away. There are Christians being put in camps over there. There's a lot of things that nobody talks about, but the NBA is okay because China brings in a lot of money. So I mean, let, let, let's let's make it a two-way. You guys remember, it was an extra delicate. Si- it was a very delicate situation at the time because if you remember, the Nets and Lakers were playing in China when that was all going down. Right. So he, they had to be very, very careful with how that was handled. And I give yeah. Silver a ton of credit. So Rob Manfred is yeah. trying to be the Adam Silver, He's trying to and I get. Him, yeah. I'd want to be Adam Silver too if I if I was a commissioner. He's the best commissioner in the four major sports right now. I'd oh, say. absolutely. I mean. Roger Roger Goodell clown is a complete fool, but he. Has, I mean, he does a good job. Uh, he, we we bust his balls. He does a great job. Yeah. but we don't like him. But he does a good job. Manfred's the worst, hands down. He's well, terrible. Manfred. I don't know who the, who the NHL commissioner is, but he's not. He's got to be better well, listen, than Manfred. Man, he just fucking picks and chooses like what he's going to change, and it just man, like, okay. Right. We're going to keep so this. We're going to keep that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. This. That. No, this it makes no fun. sense to go to Colorado. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and you're gonna, I think you're gonna see a backlash. But keeping on the Rob Manfred train here of him being a complete stooge, um, you take the the suspension, right? All the suspensions that Rob Manfred lays down, right? Who was oh, our, situ- our situation with Castellanos, right? Yeah. Apparently, you show you show some like this. You, you show some emotion. Now, granted, he did it right at him, but you're gonna yeah. give him a Fuck. two game. You're gonna give him a two game suspension, okay? You give Joe Kelly eight games for making a for throwing at somebody making a face for making a face. But they All don't right. punish the Astros for cheating the whole fucking year. And the game, the whole game. That's where you lose respect. That I might fight that respect. midget May 4th. We're going, to the, we're, we're going to the game. Is that allowed? We don't I offend. Listen, we don't. We like. We're okay. Midgets. So it's fine. He doesn't like Altuve. He has nothing against midgets. He doesn't like Altuve. He, he doesn't like Altuve. Yeah, don't cancel we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Please. Ah, actually, our, lawyers, him, our lawyer's actually here right now, so. <laughs> I got you. I, uh, is it MLS? Uh, all right, you can cancel Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> and I but, want to make a comment about the Astro series we saw this weekend. They obviously suck the Athletics. Man, if you're the Athletics, you have to take a game there because you threw a Correa. You play that like uh, the before he cheats song or doing the lineups. You can't go out there and get swept. You gotta take yeah, at least yeah. one game because you can't be the making fun of the team that cheated. And then just go get your doors blown off. That's just embarrassing. Like everyone wants to make fun of the Astros. Like everyone wants to stick it to them. But at the end of the day, if they're going to sweep you, what you is it mean? Them. It's just. No, it, I would like. I can't wait for them to come for the Bronx. I cannot wait. I would like. We will oh, be there. Them. I would like. They're to lucky them. that it's in May and not like August when we're going to be looking at closer, maybe half capacity. But those ten thousand fans, whatever that's going to be in the Bronx. I'm going. They, they've been chomping. They've hey, been chomping. At I've that. been waiting for this moment. You might have full capacity by August because what I heard, Commissioner Goodell said there will be full stadiums this year in the NFL. So 
I think that's huge. I think that's huge. So, Evan, you made the point just now. Playoff I'll, baseball I'll in the Bronx. If the analytics let us get there, we should have a full there. Yankee Stadium, and God knows we're going to be there. So, Speak, speaking of analytics, I know you have thoughts on uh, I, you can shove them up the ground getting pulled. Analytics. Yeah. Here's the thing. And I have the ground my fantasy team and the, and the ESPN app glitched on me. I set my roster yesterday morning in line at Dunkin Donuts. Like I always do. And I looked last night while he's moving in, he's moving and grooving over there in Philly and he's not, he's on my bench. So no, no, uh, it's ridiculous. So I, I, that's I, why I, I can't, I, that's and why I'm I playing, doing and, I'm playing and I'm playing you, Evan. So I, I emailed our commissioner and our commissioner could not help me. So he's a stooge as well. James O'Malley, stooge. Well, you're the stooge. There's one fucking person that's a follow you. No, no, no. Yes, no. The, yes. App, the app glitched on me. So anyway, here's my point. I hate to see a guy like Degrom who's dealing. I know it's early, and they did it with Cole. You got to guys got to go six. If he's dealing, you send them out for the seventh. Enough with analytics crap. Baseball is killing itself yeah. because nobody wants to see a guy go up to the plate and strike out the same hundred percent of time. People will be interested if you bunt, steal, hit and run, move, remove runners over, first third plays, do something to make the game interesting. You don't have to speed the game up. Just make it interesting. Stop waiting for a long ball. A guy's going to strike out an outside slider every goddamn time. And DeGrom was at like 75 pitches. I don't care if it was his third time through the lineup. He's the best pitcher in baseball. Give him the seventh. Wait till he gets in trouble. It's not like he was at like 90, 100 pitches. He's at 75. I know it's early in the season. You give it to the ball, but and they blow it. The guy. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a complete joke and it's a disservice to the fans. That's a typical Met loss. A freaking high school kid week was going to go longer than it would want to go longer than that. God damn it. Week, week one. Week one. No, I don't like it. The Yankees, listen, uh, the, the analytics, it's, it's hey, they, nice. Yesterday, as a Yankee fan, I was ecstatic. I mean, it was the other day. Stan, Stan, yeah, Stan, grand slam. Judge, home run. This guy, that guy, one's hitting. But when there's a guy on second base in a one-run game, we're striking out. Well, so, hey, just got a double with our runners in scoring position right now. He just got an RB. Unless the ball is right down the middle, Stanton's not hitting it. That's what Craig was, uh, Carton was yeah, saying Carton all day. Carton was saying that today. Hey, oh, I'm, I'm not on Stan. The person on, whose ass I'm on who shut me up today is Judge. It has judge to be has, Judge. You're the contract here. Dude, I'm so sick. Like, Stanton, he carried, he did what he had needed. You know, he wasn't. Didn't have the best regular season, but he carried us through in the playoffs. His playoff run yeah. saves him for at least three quarters of his season. Yep. That's, he's bought himself he just plays, some time. Like, just, just do what you – like. I mean, if you're going to go 0, 1 for 9, make it a grand slam. I mean, if, if you're going to bet 260, <laughs> get the runs in. I mean, do what you have to do. But then judge – judge, I need more out of. I need more uh, – like today. I was uh, When DJ grounded into the double play with bases loaded. Oh, we got, we got a shot here. Off yeah, the wall. Something. Oh, thank, God DJ, the, thank God we have the Orioles. Thank God. DJ grounded into double play, and there's base load. So there's runner on third, two outs now, right? Judge up. We scored yeah. one. Yeah. And I'm saying, Judge, pick up DJ. You know, I'm not looking for a home run. I'd rather the single opposite field. And you know what he did? He gave me the single opposite field, and we picked up DJ, our best hitter, who consistently does it the one time out of the ten times he doesn't do it and knock those runs in, success, like in an ideal situation. Uh, I need you to step up, Judge, and fill that void. The one out of the 10 times, because DJ, you know, almost every time, nine out of 10 times when those situations, he's driving something in you're right. and not, not yeah. getting into double play. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We need more of that. You need more situational hitting, because guess what? The Some analytics point, you gets know, you 162. The situational hitting wins playoff games. We need a mix of both. That's where I don't like. It doesn't have to be. The extremists are the people that need to be canceled since we've been on cancel culture. The extremists so it, are the people that need to get out. It goes back to my autopilot. Uh, that, take off the autopilot. 
Yes. That that first inning where they, they struck out with the bases on a three. Oh, I, I was living. I was thing. I was listening on the radio. If they lost this game. That that the takes the takes would have been off the charts. I just told Dario right before you joined us. I'm, I said. I think I'm going to treat every game like a playoff game. How long do you think I last? You're going to drive yourself to a You're going to kill yourself. We just got thrown May. out of the plate. But it's oh, done by May. By yeah. the way, I yeah. have, real quick, when we're going to finish on this note, I have a three-team parlay. Me too. Let me Wait, let me pull it up, and I'll show you if this thing ever loads. It is. I got two here in. Comes, here it comes. Don't let comes. Tom hear this. He'll fucking kill me. No, Tom will kill you because you got to stop gambling. I got I got Yankees, minus one and a half. Uh, there you go. Rays. Money line, and then the Padres plus one and a half last night that hit already. And then I also oh, got actually Game Lillard over 25 in the same with the Yankee and Rays. My parlay already oh, lost. There you go. To... Free run shot. Judge. DJ. Got me up right oh, let's in go. Judge, let's you up let's right go. here. Look at that. All right. Right on the end... pod. Let's get us out on that. We're going to end it on that, that. note. Let's go. Hey, we want to thank Evan for joining us tonight. I think you might be seeing a little bit more of Evan down the road. Hey, um, thanks. I've been I've been crunching I'm been crunching draft tape just for these uh, next couple weeks. So uh, anytime you guys need me, get some uh, get some takes off on who the Giants might be looking at. I'll be uh, I'll be around. Okay. Thanks, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for listen, over and out. Get vaccinated, America.